the truth is out there. And here, who knows? But either way, we are opening up the Bloom Files here on Post Show Recaps and X Files First Watch slash Rewatch Podcast. Hello, everybody. Mike Bloom here, breaking our way into season eight of the X Files with two <laughs> more standard fare episodes compared to the two part premiere. I'm here with someone who picked two episodes that certainly made me feel a certain way as a parent uh, <laughs> this week. Angela Bloom. Angela, how are well, you? Well, yes. Here's the thing, though. I'm not sure if I could pick any episode in season eight that didn't involve children in some way. Really? Well, a lot of season eight is Scully's pregnant and she's going to have a baby. Is that baby going to be a real baby, a not baby, an alien That's baby? That's true. And then also, we were introduced to John Doggett. And John Doggett's deceased son, I Luke. Say, we weren't really introduced, more so. Uh, yeah, and so this is like a big plot point that happens throughout season eight as well, is what's his story, what happened to his son, glory. and why is, you know, was, uh, like, how is he solving it? So, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure that I could have picked anything else. I think that it was necessary and uh, a bummer. <laughs> a necessary bummer, I think, is a yeah. good way to describe not only life in 2021, but season eight of the X Files as well. Uh, we're starting to get a little bit more into their dynamic. Yeah, too. you know it's interesting because we're picking episodes five and thirteen. So obviously this isn't like right after the two part premiere, mm-hmm. uh, and it's become very clear that it's I wouldn't say oil and water. No, it's the issue here is that while Scully was put on the X Files to debunk, debunk it, Mulder was never putting up walls to the extent that he wasn't allowing her in. You know, he wanted her to believe and he right. wanted her to be part of it. And, whereas and he specifically had personal stories linked to the extraterrestrial that he would like open up about. And it, Scully does Yeah, as but well. like he wasn't like a wall. Like he wasn't, you know, I mean, to an extent, of course, he was like not trusting of her, right? But within episode one, he trusts her. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas with Scully and Doggett, it's like she's like mad that Mulder's gone. So she's like, Taking kind of it out, taking on him. it out on him, and like he does everything in his possible to do to make her her feel more like secure. But she, I don't know, she keeps smacking him in the face. <laughs> um. Anyway, we're talking about invocation first, mm-hmm. which is um, like you said, a bit of a bummer when it comes to kid stuff. So I realized when we were watching this cold open, mm-hmm. you know, I talked about this all the way back in our first podcast that <laughs> yes. there was a, one Sunday night or Friday night, I don't remember, where, you know, I was on vacation, uh, my family had sort of, like, gone out for the night, and I was, we were just, like, sort of at home watching TV, and I remember an episode of The X-Files came on, it was probably after The Simpsons or something. <laughs> Classic you. <laughs> and there was a cold open about a kid at a carnival getting kidnapped, and it turned me off to the show until the onus of this podcast, and I realized in watching the opening to this episode... It was indeed Invocation that turned me away from the X-Files all those years ago. Which is a bummer, because this is a season 8 episode, so it's not a traditional, necessarily X-Files-y vibe. Yeah, I mean, in in many ways, this is more SVU than it is (laughs) X-Files. Truly. Um, And it's also not the best version of, um, you know, like a murder mystery X-Files episode. You know, Mm -hmm. like, there have been better ones, and better ones involving weird demon children, too. So, you know, I don't know that, you know, we were set up for success there with your viewing. Yeah. So, I mean, just to like briefly outline what it is, because it is fairly rote of a scene, I would Mm -hmm. say, which is sad to say, considering we are dealing with a child getting kidnapped and eventually murdered, but 
road it is. Uh, we're in Dexter, Oklahoma. Yep, and it's every, like, D.A.R.E. commercial or... You yeah, know, like, or, like, Stranger Danger Stranger commercial. Stranger Danger. Basically, this kid is on a swing set, and he's his mom is nearby talking to a friend and she's sort of ignoring him because he's just playing on the swing and mm-hmm. he keeps saying mom you're not watching you're not watching she be noted though she is she is pregnant she is extremely pregnant um hysterically but no that's the opposite that's yeah that's when you're not pregnant <laughs> um, they really should have picked a different adjective yeah well it's actually a very bad reason to call it hysterical pregnancy because they would just assume it was because a woman was like hysterical but mm. um anyway she turns around and Billy's not there anymore. Right. And we should also mention there's a seedy looking individual that's teen. Sort of skulking around. A seedy teen. Yeah. A grungy teen. Grungy teen. Uh, yeah. Who we'll be introduced to later. Yeah. So, and this also happens. I mean, it is very 90s then, speaking from a grunge yeah. perspective, because this is supposed to be a flashback to 10 years ago. Yeah, exactly. And so I, you know, but you're right. It's pretty rote. It's pretty typical, like, Kid goes missing mm-hmm. 10 years later. Yeah. And then 10 years later, that's where it gets a little spooky. Yeah, something a little unexpected happens. So now the the kid that was in Billy's mom's belly, Josh, mm-hmm. is now... Little grown, Joshy. Little Joshy. He's a, he's a brunette to contrast his mm-hmm. other son, his, his brother's blondness. Uh, well, but, who's to say he wasn't blonde when he was little? But Billy's mom goes to pick Josh up, and he says, they're waiting for you. And we see, like, a, a stark conclave of school officials (laughs) that are sternly standing there and they are covering up this big reveal that back on the I think it's a swing set obviously not the swing set this is at school he's just on the swings Billy little boy mysteriously reappeared and not aged at all um and she immediately runs to him is sobbing is crying and he has like blank stare which is the only face he makes this episode. Yeah, I mean, look, we talk a lot about the weight that child actors has sometimes have to bear yeah. on the show. This kid is a featherweight by mm-hmm. comparison, because all he has to do is just stand there and look creepy. He doesn't talk at all except for that minute in the beginning when he says, Mom, you're not watching. Yeah, he could, <laughs> you could write his lines on his index finger. Yeah, and, and this, I will them. say, I mean... Of the children out there, and this is no, like, knock on him as a child actor, but I do think that there is a vibe they were going for here, like a very Damien and the Omen mm-hmm. and, like, creepy kid vibe. And this kid just not give it to me. He just gives me bored. <laughs> That's true, actually. It is more listless. I think the yeah, way, like I think listless. Like, the, there's vacant. <laughs> I think the, the, the places they put him in are yeah. more scary than, like, That's he's true. not, you That's know, true. Macaulay Culkin and the Good Son, as an example. Yeah, exactly. Um, Anyway, so they're... So, so Scully and Doggett are called in to right. basically not necessarily investigate, like, oh, this kid came back, but more so who took Billy. Yeah, and I think that that's, like, something that Doggett has a personal interest in, we'll find out about, but also something he's dealt with before. He'll mention that he's been on um, child like murder cases, basically, mm-hmm. in the past. Um, and so he's... and cause, Scully even asks him, like, hey, have you dealt with this kind of stuff before? Because you just spoke to Billy in a real weird way. Like, yeah, and then, so that's what happens. Like, the fir- very first thing that happens is Doggett goes into this room and with he, Billy. And he, like, interviews this mute kid, um, and he basically uh, uses his backpack as, a re- like, a... Um, 
like a bribe. Like, I'll give this to you if you tell me what yeah. happened. Like, it seems not like cool. Fine. Like, I was actually pretty complimentary. Of, like, yeah. He was, like, on Billy's level, and I was just trying to reason him of, like, we just want to find out who did this. But, yeah. yeah then he's attempting to extort him. <laughs> With almost. a backpack. Uh, <laughs> and he rightfully gets pulled out of there. And Scully's and I think, like, do you have any experience in child abduction cases? Because it seems like you don't. Right. And so the other thing is that Again, like you said, you know, mm-hmm. did they, from Doggett's perspective, they were not brought in to investigate anything else around Billy's reappearance other than who took him. Right. Whereas Scully, because she has eight years of the X-Files under her belt, really She's comes like in with aliens. the framing of why did he come back? And also, why has he not aged a day since he disappeared? Uh, equals aliens. <laughs> yeah. Or at least that's her theory at yeah. the time. Uh, which is interesting. Yeah, this ends up being a little bit of a ghost story and, instead of an alien story. Yeah, I do think that this is like a bit of a, I don't want to say a bummer about season eight, but it's something that like up until season eight, Scully is always likely to go to the other any other possible explanation yes. other than aliens. Frustratingly so sometimes. Yeah, and even if it's a paranormal explanation or an occult explanation or something that's a little bit more grounded to this Earth, she'll usually do that first. But in this case, and I think this is just like a writing thing, they're like, oh, um, Scully needs to be the one that talks about aliens now or it's not the X-Files. So, you know, I think that she jumps to that conclusion fairly quickly, which I don't think she would have done if it were a Mulder Scully season. But Billy is continuing Continuing to make things odd, you know, they Truly. finally bring him home after the questioning and Sparky the dog's having nothing of it. Yeah, so the dog is outside and immediately starts, like, wanting to attack this boy. Um, and she's like, it's okay. The mom's like, it's okay. He just doesn't remember yeah. you. I mean, the thing is, also, considering our dog, like, I don't think we would consider anything weird if she barked no, at No, she barks kid. at, like, like people, she, people she knows. Like, she barks at a leaf. It's true. And then... The next day, that leaf is her best friend. Yeah, she's exactly. a fickle beast. Very hot and cold with her. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know how that. I, I, but I do think this is a pretty common thing in the X Files where a dog senses something. The before. animals are always the first. Yeah, you know, weather patterns and the supernatural. Yeah, exactly. So I do think they use that a lot. Um, we even watched that episode where the dog, um, like the whatever the readings of that experiment that was going on underground, like, Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, Like murdered them or whatever. But anyway, um, Billy goes home and, um, the dad and the brother, Josh are like, no hard. No on this Billy guy. Well, specifically the dad, like the brother is showing, you know, I would say maybe I give more excuse to him. I think he's just scared. And because of his youth. Well, he also has a big reason to get scared that we're going to get into. Yeah. But he's nervous too. He's like, I don't know what's happening. And, it's probably hard for him to process it, but the dad is also like, um, I don't quite understand how the dad c- came to this conclusion so quickly, but his whole thing is he's uneasy about it. And I think mostly because he's worried about what's happening to Josh. So it's interesting, you know, this isn't explicit and I'm sure it's not true, but I kind of wish it was the case that this was someone who came into the picture after Billy disappeared. Maybe. Because then that would make more sense than this dude being cold AF to his own son. Yeah, like he doesn't know, there's no possible way that he could think that there's something wrong with this Billy kid until like a few days. You know, after a while, like, yes, you should notice that he's acting weird. It it would make more sense. And I think it would also pair really nicely to the whole like Ronald Purcell storyline, which we'll get into as well of like, you know, sort of uh, aloof and or callous like step parents almost. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make sense 
sense. Maybe this is me speaking from my perspective as I'd like to say, hopefully, yeah, a very I loving mean, father that like. Yeah, I, but you have to imagine like he also is a very loving father to Josh. And now there's this his son has reappeared after 10 years looking identical. Like, that's weird. It's just interesting how much he contrasts his yes, wife. Yeah, like, yeah of course. Really well, just- Lisa is supposed to be that like. Um, mother's love for her son is never like can never waver, and it's like, yeah, that's true. Unless he disappears for ten years and comes back, <laughs> and also, uh, I guess the father's love can can uh, f off. Apparently, mm-hmm. exactly. According to this episode, <laughs> exactly. But yeah, it, there's you, you know can only love one kid at a time. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's talk about Ronald Purcell or Purnell or whatever the hell his name is. The the ratty looking grungy I think kid. It's Purnell. Purnell. Uh, almost like the. Uh, the hand sanitizer exactly. because uh, basically we're gonna find out more about like his life but this is when doggett brings up who this guy was yeah uh, he's got a little bit of a seedy past yeah local delinquent you know um, been he, to he, been to prison he was questioned at the time of the incident which is yes. why doggett opens him back up but doggett found out all of this because he opened up sealed court records right because he was a he was a um juvenile delinquent at yes. the time so he was he thinks that he was involved in this boy's appearance, uh, disappearance, because this kid got into trouble after the fact and was sent to, like, juvenile detention or whatever. But, Escalade points out... Yeah, you can't do that. you're breaking the law to do this. And it's interesting because, you know, Fox Mulder often shirked FBI accord, but I feel like Doggett doing this is... Very. He does it very quickly too. You know, I think that like with the Scully Mulder relationship, she took a long time to like really jump on board with like doing some super shady stuff. Whereas like Doggett immediately does it, and he doesn't do it at the hand of Scully. Whereas Scully always did it with Mulder being like, "This is what we're doing." It's also interesting because I think up to this point, again, I've only seen two episodes of the guy, but it seems like to me at least Doggett was sort of personified as like a straight and narrow kind of dude by the book kind of guy and in this case he has shredded the book well and we find out that he is um i mean we don't find it out now but like he is specifically interested in all of this because it is a child abduction case so i do think that a lot of his by the bookness goes out the window whenever it reminds him of his son right which is an interesting character quirk right like it's something to really that's why i wanted to watch this mostly is because of the dog it stuff it doesn't really give you a ton on it but yeah so, back at Casa de Billy, he wakes up, he walks, you know, around, overhears his parents arguing, and then he grabs what looks to me like some sort of, I don't know, medieval pirate-based dagger. It's like a machete. Where were the, where was that? Well, and so, I think further in the episode, the dad sa- they say the dad doesn't know where that knife came from. So, I mean, it's obvious so, that this boy is some sort of, like, spirit. Did he, what, like... Materialize create, yeah, it, material, I guess, yeah. Like, he's able to create his own weaponry, I suppose? I guess he's so. he's a big fan of, like, Peter Pan. Well, and so, I don't necessarily know what's going on here, because... He is corporeal. He is corporeal. He's also there to lead them to his murderer, I guess. But like, so why do, is he doing that to stuff to Josh? And also, uh, let me just say, didn't do shit to yeah. do so. Yeah. So like, I, I never really understood sort of what's going on. Anyway, they find a bloody knife in his brother's bed the next morning. Right. Um, like sticking right next to him, almost as if a threat, right? Of yeah. Like, you're yeah. Next. And they basically look at the forensic analysis and they, um, they find that the blood is Billy's, although there's no injuries on him. Um, and the knife, 
is a symbol that Billy drew while he was being um, like that on the knife is yeah. the symbol that Billy drew while he was being interrogated by Doggett, like right in the beginning. Yeah, it looks like a weird sort of five pointed asterisk. That's just like yeah, yeah, done. like a little like star thing. Yeah, but Scully is understandably freaked out. She wants him. Insti- she wants Billy institutionalized and studied. But Doggett's like, no, he's trying to send a message. He's well, trying because to somewhere because there is this psychic who was on the case ten years earlier, and she also drew this symbol. Mm-hmm. So I do think that there's like Doggett's kind of being led down that path because he's opened all these case files that he shouldn't have opened. So he sees that where Scully's just like, this is wild. Um, but I guess what's supposed to be happening here is that like Billy and the knife in Josh's bed is supposed to represent like what happened to Billy because the blood on the knife is Billy's and the knife clearly, Oh, the knife is the guy, the stepdad's right. knife. Well, this, this guy is obviously shady for many reasons. One of them is that he's apparently using uh, like hundreds year old weaponry to kill these children. Yeah, not good. Anyway, I don't know, I'm just fixated on that knife. Um, but Cal Jeppy. Yeah, Billy's gonna show off his powers one more time though, right? Because they like buckle the dad buckles him into the car, yeah. and then he and the mom get into an argument, and then Billy disappears. Yeah. from the car, and then he appears right behind Josh. Spooky yeah, which shit. is Spooky which is creepy. Shit. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's let's meet Cal Jessup. Jeppy. Jeppy. What, whatever the hell these people I know it's called Jeppy because that's what the um, horse trailer says at the end. Yeah. So basically this guy, we're just going to jump straight into like who he is. He is, um, what's his name, Ronald? Uh, yeah, Ronald, yeah Ronald, Ronald Purnell's stepdad. Ba- yeah, that's what we assume, Basically, right? with the Ronald, the or guy like, who's like doing Ronald. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so he shows up at their trailer park and he's harassing him and he's bullying him and... Uh, Ronald immediately goes into the woods and digs up a skull. Yep. And it's just confusing because you're like, oh, shit, he did it. Like, Ronald mm-hmm. did it because he's like, I don't know, has issues because of this guy. Um, but later, we're going to have see Cal Jeppy blackmailing Ronald um, over, you know, something related to well, Billy. He, he basically saying like, oh, hey, if you do any... If I'll you, show them where that skull exactly, is buried. To, yeah. to imply that, oh, Billy did it, or Ronald did it, and like, he knows. Yeah, so exactly. Over his head. But we're going to find out later that that's not the case. It's uh, creepy Cal Jeppy that's to blame here. So yeah. my assumption here is like that this guy has a pony that he brings to fairs, which is what was happening in the beginning mm-hmm. of the episode. And then he kidnaps children at like carnivals because he has a pony and uh, takes them home and murders them. Yep. And he's shady AF. He's got that like bald mm-hmm. hair on both sides, mustache look. That you yeah, beer belly. Him. Not yeah, great. exactly. Like trailer trash, uh, as it were. Let's go to the psychic here. Sharon Pearl. What a name. What a pearl. I love her. <laughs> Basically, you know, Doggett is, despite sort of relying on her as character testimony, is still, you know, poking on her, right? She's like, oh, is this going to happen? And he goes, oh, shouldn't you be telling us that? Yeah, but she touches Billy and Pearl basically is like, I feel powerful forces yeah, coming like, through him. Yeah, she has like a seizure, basically. She begins to convulse and then... Uh, the symbol that again that five pointed symbol begins to like bulge out on her forehead. Yeah, like as if it were like a scar. And like the John shape had of a star on her forehead. Um, that's the shape of an L on her forehead. I know. Well, that's the that's the point. This is a good one. Um, <laughs> uh, not great, but um, there. Uh, the issue here is, uh, I think Scully's like, you can't deny you just saw that, and um. Doggett goes like, well, it's a good trick. 
And he's then, like, does not believe anything that this lady has to say. But Scully has a trump card mm-hmm. here. She has a recording of yes. Sharon's convulsing, and she plays it backwards, and it is audio of someone singing All the Pretty Horses. Pretty Little Ponies. Pretty Little Ponies. Yeah. I'm just, I'm all over the place with naming things in this episode. Um, I really like that song, so I was I, unfortunate that it was used in this. And that's, you know, creepy stuff I mean, it is the Pretty right? Little it's Horses, like, but... Take um, a, oh, okay, I finally got one right. You uh, did get it right. Take, take, like, a childhood song and, like, slow it down and make it creepy and put I it around murder. I specifically like the Kenny Loggins version. Well, luckily, he has no involvement yeah. here. So, <laughs> so basically, they're sort of also like camped outside of right. They're Billy's doing house. yeah, and this is where she plays the video. So they're like doing kind of a stakeout because they're worried that somebody's going to come after Billy. Well, then <laughs> speaking of that, here comes old yeah. Ronald Purnell pulling up. Yeah, so he comes up and he sees. And, like, immediately Billy, like, appears in his car, and it, like, totally freaks him out. And then um, Doggett comes up to the car and sees Billy. Yeah, and it's like, whoa, 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 But Purnell, like, drives away, which is wild. Because then the implication is, oh, they kidnapped him again. Y- yeah, like, he should have just been like, this kid just appeared in my car. I don't know what's happening. Yeah, this kid is But super, I guess he's scared. I he's mean, this- super squirrely, understandably so. Yeah, and we'll find out a lot more about what's happened to him, which is, like, super tragic as well. But um, he's arrested because... Um, they just arrest him. He right, was outside just, his house and he was being weird. Yeah, well, but like, also, fine. though, now Doggett, like, he he has sort of become the Mulder-esque role. Mm-hmm. Like, I know, I swear I saw him in there! You yeah. know, because he disappeared again when they pulled him back over. So, yeah, like, so he's, like, totally out of his element here. All right, let's talk about Josh getting kidnapped here. Yeah, this is, like, totally bonkers to me. So This kid is an idiot. Yeah, like, I mean, okay. I think that the problem here is necessarily not necessarily that josh is an idiot but that josh's parents have not done a very good job about telling him what you should be doing while you're alone in the car which is nothing yeah so basically josh and his dad pull up to a gas station and yeah his dad's gonna go um like pay for the gas or go inside or whatever and josh is like left in the car whenever you were a kid and you were left in the car what did your parents tell you stay in the car keep the doors locked yeah don't leave the car and like josh sees a horse trailer <laughs> and a pony and he's like oh i'm gonna go look at the pony he's like dad can i go see the pony and dad doesn't answer and he just goes anyway this kid is also 10 years old that does not seem like prime pony era for me no and like we like there's a 10 year old boy that our nanny has and like Asher interacts with him on a on a daily basis, and like he would never do this. Like I'm yeah. just thinking about like this kid that we know who was ten. <laughs> now I'm laughing thinking about him getting be like, "Hey pony, hey pony." Yeah, like he's a, like a full grown adult, basically. This ten year old kid we know, like he, like I mean, that's him being very mature. But like, I don't think that he would do that. Like it's yeah. just not get out of the car and be like, "Oh, I see that pony over there." Let me go investigate. It's almost preteen at that point. Like, you really shouldn't be making kid-like decisions. Yeah. He also, anyway. He also has a very stupid line where he's like, hey, pony. Yeah. Hey, pony. I mean, there is a pony in there. Yeah, but I wouldn't call it pony. Anyway, know? we also pan out and we see the symbol on the back of the trailer. Well, not before Josh reaches in there and his arm gets pulled in like the beginning of Jurassic Park. Yeah, so is Carl Jessup in like there? Hiding in there? But yeah, I guess, I guess so, yeah. So that's a bad way to get a kid is just like holding his arms in there because like, how are you going to get him? Well, I think he they probably sedates them at that point. Yeah, maybe. Um, oh, ooh, horse tranquilizer. Yeah, anyway... Um, we're going to go back to the station and Doggett is going to be basically interrogating Ronald Purnell. And he 
admits to taking Billy. Yes. But that he was he doing took, it. He, he took care of him. He, well, yeah, because he basically says, I was forced to take him. Um, and that he took care of him and that he sang to him. Yeah. Um, and that he like, didn't know what was going to happen to him yeah. and like so, all and this so like get, really sad stuff. And we get what I, what I think is very well done, but like you said, very well done in that it does elicit these very mm-hmm. sad feelings of like seeing Billy's kidnapping, right? Where it seems like yeah. he was hidden in like a secret hidden storage underneath yeah, the, a compartment the under the floor of the horse trailer which but, like, is like Billy really sad would sing all the pretty little horses to him which is where the, the Billy, audio, ronald ronald uh all which is what the audio mm-hmm. came from but like essentially he was sort of the good cop i guess to, to well he was doing cop. whatever he could and i think that it's just unfortunate that he didn't realize that he could like save this kid you know yeah. so basically because he rats him out the the police then swarm Cal's place. We should note here that mm-hmm. there were several sort of uh, instances of that five-pointed symbol appearing. Yes. Uh, and one happens here, right, where you, like, see an overhead view of that Yeah, that carousel. That caris- uh, it's like a, it's not a carousel, it's a clothes hanging oh, yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's where you, like, it has, like, five points to it. Um, but yeah, you see that at their home, and they find Josh in the compartment under the floor of the yep. horse trailer. Um, and as they're doing, uh, you know, Scully very calmly tells Doggett, like, oh yeah. <laughs> okay, you didn't the, like this. Uh, the perp's getting away. You You're like, probably, uh, you go chase do it. That. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's just odd, because I, I think I imagined more uh, like, he's more, getting away! Exactly, like, more intention behind it, but she's more like, um, Ancient Doggett, you might want to go take mm-hmm. care of that right now. And he chases him into the woods, and they catch him, and then right where they catch him, they discover the the skull and the body. Right, that- because basically, Doggett asks him, like, you know, where's the other kid? Mm-hmm. And Cal's like, there is no other kid. Yeah, and, and right you in that see moment, Billy in the woods, yeah. and, and then Doggett runs over there, and it's not, like, Billy's not there, but his dead corpses. Yep. And so Doggett, you know, it's a weird sort of mixed wrap up for the group because Doggett is not content with the fact that there really was no closure. Yeah, from the, the and this is like things. standard. The Scully's like, there, there are going to be times when we don't solve it, but that, you know, the body is explanation enough. And the important thing is that like, Josh was saved. That's the thing she says. Well, the closure actually comes from the fact that you stopped a like, murderer. You succeeded. <laughs> you, you may a man not have from like men who murders children. Yeah, exactly. Like the real life implications of this are huge. You may not know exactly why this boy arrived. You may not really understand it, but you succeeded. Basically, is what she says. <laughs> but from Doggett's perspective, he did not. It was a pass fail, and he failed. And the episode closes out on him. Staring at Billy's father, who, mm-hmm. well, maybe a bit callous about the whole Billy Rich. Well, they're thing. sad. I mean, they just yeah, found he, the body of their deceased now. son. Um, and I, so on this note, obviously, like you said, like it really does introduce the implication. I, we didn't mention this before, but like there is a flat out sequence where he sits in his car and mm-hmm. takes out a wallet sized photo of his kid. Yeah. Is this something that it's going to explicitly be focused on in another episode or was this more yeah there's a few episodes that talk about it i mean it's where we're first introduced to the idea of it but yes i mean you i don't know if we'll watch those so i'll Mm -hmm. tell you right off the bat i mean listen considering what Um, i uh what i am into i wouldn't be happy to see fewer basically his his son is is dead and his a lot of what he goes through in his career is about trying to solve that murder Mm -hmm. um, and what has happened to him and has never been super successful in doing so. Would you say it's been dogging him? (laughs) 
No, but yeah. okay. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> well, at least we have closure on this episode, even if Doggett doesn't. Mm-hmm. So let us take a quick break before we dive back into some more sadness uh, in a very different variety as we talk about episode 13, Permanum. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, Angela, what's in a name? <laughs> I guess I should say, what is Permanum? What is in a mame? A mame. Mame? What is mame in is a, a name. What is in a name? Did you ever see mame? Um, the musical? Yeah. No. Um, it means by hand. In oh, Latin. interesting. Ew. I mean, I guess the these alien babies are being created by hand, so I guess that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, or delivered by hand. I don't really, you know, yeah, so this necessarily one get it. Focuses around Scully's pregnancy and also... I would say this is a new shade of the whole human-alien hybrid saga. Spencer pointed this out. It that is. <laughs> prior, there had been, like, eight, you know, human-looking, you know, people that yes. had, like, alien blood in it. Yes. Now we have people just flat-out giving birth to aliens. Yeah, and it's confusing, because it's never actually explained, like, in this episode and perhaps in further episodes, like, what's actually happening here. There's this arc throughout Season 8 is Scully going to give birth to an alien baby? Like, mm. that's like, they're going to continuously go down this path, and it's super annoying because, I, you know, it's just like, it is. Um, but I do think that, you know, it's important in this episode specifically because it leads to questions about how she became pregnant being answered a little bit more, but then not at all. Yeah, I just find it interesting because <laughs> I feel like when we see, for instance, in this cold open, someone give birth and it is a <laughs> like a gra- true a alien, alien creature. like that, just that feels like <laughs> yeah. something people would make fun of no, in a parody of the X Files, but like true. they're actually including it here. I found it interesting. Um, yeah, no, it's true. We right. also have, um, oh yeah, we have a lot going on in this episode. Yeah. So let's get into it. So we open in the delivery room mm-hmm. uh, where there's this lady. She's real sweaty because she's in labor. She's there with her husband, yeah. Duffy. <sighs> the name Duffy. I love me some Duffy. And this guy is just... He goes through a whole one of a situation. Yeah. This guy is... like He feels like... He's going to have a lot of lines later where he feels like he should be coming in like smoking a cigar almost. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh my wife, give birth to an alien. Yeah, exactly. And he's like very intense. And, and so anyway, this woman gives birth to an alien and basically we find out later she is... She dies. Yeah. And he... Um, he's like screaming the whole time. Everyone's screaming. Right, because basically, so they, the doctors come in and say, oh no, the baby's flatlining, so we have to do an emergency C-section. Mm-hmm. And Duffy's like, oh, well, I guess I better scrub out. And then they lock the door and are like, all right, let's do this. And it turns out that it's a weird little like bleeding, bleating like a goat. Yeah, uh, like, yeah, that's what the um the subtitles say. This Ble- is bleeding, yeah. Uh, alien baby. Yeah, so... 
we'll find out a little bit sort of what's going on, but it does seem that throughout this episode, literally every OBGYN gynecologist is involved in the production of Alien Babies. This is like <laughs> Dan Brown uh, levels of conspiracy. Yeah. It is absolutely yeah. wild to me that literally, like you said, the lesson of this episode is that apparently every OBGYN in the greater like Richmond Triangle area the tri-state area is involved in this big conspiracy about giving birth to aliens. Yeah, and so anyway, when they're meeting with, um, or when he's meeting with the, the agents, Scully's basically playing it, like, super cool, whereas Doggett's like, hey, like, I feel like he's coming to her with, like, like as if he's a cat with, like, a dead mouse, like, bringing it to his owner. Like, hey, I feel like got this really, like, interesting... Yeah, got this case. This case that you're going to be super into because it has to do with alien abductors. And it should be interesting, <laughs> it should be mentioned here that Duffy... This is not the first time he has contacted no. the X-Files. So he's been con- contacting Mulder, writing letters, and we'll find out later a lot of those letters are extremely threatening. Right. Now, um, I think they were also, uh, I believe MUFON, the name is dropped. I think they're part yes. of the Ohio chapter of yeah. MUFON because Mrs. Duffy was a multiple abductee. abductee. Which is why Doggett says, you know, like, hey, this case looks super similar to what happened to you. Um, he doesn't know she's pregnant, but like, he is like, hey, you were abducted. Like, she was abducted, tested, you were abducted, tested. Um, we also should mention here that Duffy basically tells them to go to this place called Zeus Genetics in mm-hmm. Maryland, and he shows them this ultrasound that um, seems to validate what he's saying. You know, it's not like... <laughs> Ultrasounds are weird this way. Until the baby is like pretty formed, mm. I unless it looks, it looks you're like an alien, yeah, and also <laughs> like unless you know what you're looking at, most of the time we were talking about this. Most of the time, the baby is not in like a perfect position for an ultrasound like yeah, that. Like, Asher was very he was camera shy. shy. Like every time I had to go get a scan done because you get an anatomy, anatomy one scan and then you get an anatomy two scan. But like when I got the first one done, I had to do it twice because he wouldn't move. They kept giving me sugar and they were like, "We need this kid to flip yeah, over." They, they kept kissing you. Give me shit. Oh my god, no! But like they need to take pictures. <laughs> of specific parts of him and he was like he was moving but he was like no I don't feel like rolling over at this point mom so yeah I don't think it's like out of the realm of possibility that you would like look at that ultrasound and be like I don't know what you're talking about so but what sparks Scully is that she recently had an ultrasound so she's like this looks really similar to mine so we'll get into that but Duffy is checking all my boxes here. Uh, he's saying, like, oh, everyone's in cahoots. Yeah, he does say cahoots. The term cahoots. Made me laugh out loud. Yeah, Duffy is one of a kind, truly. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like you said, Doggett's like, this sounds a lot like your story, except for the thing about being pregnant, of course. <laughs> yeah, they don't say that. And she's, but... like, and she's like, uh, yeah, sure. So it's basically basically the entire, like, onus of the interpersonal drama between mm-hmm. our two leads here. Is so that, she doesn't want to tell him. Yeah. Which is honestly fair. She's only 14 weeks pregnant. Like, she doesn't know what happened because we're going to find out in this flashback, which is coming up, um, where we have a Fox Mulder appearance, Mm -hmm. um, that her abduction rendered her infertile, which we know, but it's the first time that he tells Scully that he found her ova. Yeah, because as we remember, he invaded that, I think this was Michael Chris. Yeah, like in that facility. Tipped him out. He he went into that facility and he saw that all of her ova were harvested. Yeah, and he takes them and he found out that they were not viable. And like, so we're first, I think, and I told you this when we were watching it, I think it's super interesting in season eight and season nine, the way they handle Mulder and Scully, because it's not in a day-to-day way. So, and they're also showing us a lot of scenes that happen 
um, I think wouldn't have been shown. Yeah, it's 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 flashback. It's like you're seeing the in between scenes that are missing from season one through six. Exactly. Like, <laughs> it's a flashback, but like not to stuff before the series. It's like to deleted scenes. To almost. deleted scenes, yeah. So you're and I, I kind of like it because it gives you like a little bit more of like how they interacted and how like maybe he did get her part. Like it's so hard to re- imagine that because yeah. you're not seeing a lot of that relationship. You have to like think about how it could happen. But anyway. So can you clarify for me? Like, what was the deal with David Duchovny in the show yes. at this point? So, so w- he did not, he came, he decided not to come back for season eight and season nine. After settling his contract dispute with them, he quit full-time participation of the show for seventh season. In order to explain their absence, though, his, like, his character was abducted by aliens, blah, blah, blah. So he never, like, left the show, but, like, David Duchovny left the show. It's so, but it's so they had interesting. A, well, they had a ton of rounds of, like, contractual like talk and he agreed to return for 11 episodes in season eight so you're gonna see him a lot what? like so, that's half of the season he's yeah i mean it. he's not in the full episode and like I don't he's know, not I, a main character it's interesting, at all because i have seen main cast members yeah we have to think TV about like shows appear in less than amount of episodes apart from this cast. we have within without we have the the ending and we have the um uh 11th episode the gift you know there's like a lot of episodes that are like um ones that are arc episodes mm. where he's appearing but um a lot of people like chris carter's like quoted saying like Mulder's absence from the series didn't affect it and there are characters who can be powerful as absent centers and Mulder was like through the eighth and ninth season an absent center of the show which it, is an interesting way to take somebody leaving the show it's just interesting to me because on so many w- levels first it, it reminds me of like almost scaling down full-time mm-hmm. work to part-time work right yeah. like, it only come in half the time but also i don't know i guess my my assumption was that it was not necessarily leaving on on amicable terms so yeah. like to have him come back so well and times, i think that that happened like um so that as been part an, of the negotiation time on the set then right I guess so, but I think that for him it was like I I want to see this through, but I can't. Like I'm just done. So like I will come. Like I think there was a lot of contract stuff, not yeah. necessarily stuff where he didn't. You know, he felt like Mulder was done for him, but like he also was loved playing Mulder. So I think it was all logistics, which sucks. <laughs> it's just so interesting because I don't think I have. I'm racking my brain. I don't think I've ever seen that situation mm-hmm. though before in a show where like he's still in the show. One of the lead characters. <laughs> it happens a lot actually on the CW, but really, we won't well, get well, into it. <laughs> Where they leave the show, but they like also are in a good amount of episodes, not even yes. like a handful so of episodes. So, Elena Gilbert on The Vampire Diaries left the show before the final oh, season. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so she's in the show, but you, she's not actually in the show. There's a lot of like scenes where her like, uh, unconscious body is just like shown. You know, like it's wild. Cause she's in like a weird magic coma, but like that's a, that's like an example of it for sure. Um, Anyway, we also should talk about another actor who is in this episode that will be a recurring character, and that is um, the actor Adam Baldwin. Oh, any relation to the Baldwin brothers? I don't think so, because I'm pretty sure it's just... I think just a similar name. Because I think it's just the four. Yeah, I think it's just like his name is the same. Do you know the four? Uh, Alec. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. 
other. Okay, you're one of one out of four. I don't know. Alec, I think it's Billy, Billy, Stephen, Stephen, Daniel. Okay, well, th- anyway, he's not a Baldwin, but he is a Baldwin, and he plays Noel Roar, which makes me. That's like the rural. Yes, <laughs> that's why I wanted to bring it up because <laughs> wow. he doesn't come into play later. What in a the episode, terrible name! This guy originally auditioned for the part of John Doggett and lost out to Robert Patrick, so they remembered him and they cast this um this guy in this episode um and, and he will appear in a bunch of other episodes this, too. this is the guy that like Doggett goes to right he's his buddy his like former um like fbi like um, i don't know uh jock type yeah it was like his his buddy who like tips him off yeah his so, buddy so, well and that name sounds familiar though besides the last name he is is i think he's a firefly guy he I'm, is a firefly i've never fireflied so i don't know oh it's very easy to firefly because it's just know, one it's season we've we've done a few things already that are just eight episodes it's very easy binge yeah exactly uh so basi- anyway back to the episode well what i do like though speaking of that is that i think this episode well, maybe a bit confusing sometimes with the flashbacks, maybe almost purposely so. I think they do a really good job of, like, bringing us back. Yes. Like, having, you know, Doggett break the reverie, uh, you know, having... Well, yeah, so, like, Mulder will be at the door, and, like, she'll answer the door, and it'll be Doggett. You know, yeah. it's, like, that kind of thing, which I really do like. It's well well shot. Um, but which, we should get back into Zeus genetics. Which is, my God. Nightmare Town. Darkly <laughs> all white. Yeah, well, so it's... You know what's so funny is that you had such a reaction to that, but like I have been in OBGYNs that look like that. It's like this That's just thing. Wild. It's like almost something there's the one like- that I used to go to in the city, the gynecologist. It was called Pure OBGYN. Ugh. Um, yeah, it sounds terrible, but it was just like it was whatever. It's on- you want your, your, you know, but it looked like this. It was like all white, and they had these like big fur couches and like like velvet couches with like fur pillows on you know, them. You know what and, it like- almost looks like? It looks like it's in heaven. Yeah, that's exactly the vibe. <laughs> that's exactly the vibe. This oh, I should show you pictures of this OBGYN's office. That is wild to me. But yeah, I was like, oh no, that seems right. Um, And so anyway, Scully goes in there and she's like, hey, is anyone here? But she starts overhearing a pregnant woman, Mary Hendershot, who's telling her doctor that she doesn't want to be under his care. Mm -hmm. She doesn't want to be seen. Something's wrong, like all this stuff. And she kind of like sneaks in and yeah, she like, she basically ends up like running into like a storeroom. Yeah. Which is full of jars of of fetuses. Formed alien fetuses in jars. (sighs) Again, they're in jars. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of it is like, very very creepy but at the same time like no not at the same time it's very creepy but scully is in there freaking out and then this doctor dr lev comes in and scully's like oh no i was just here visiting my friend and like they don't mention it he's just like he doesn't say anything about you shouldn't be in here oh also like these are just experiments right like, it's not like you walk into the bathroom it. right you're like <laughs> yeah. uh like he should have been like oh like you shouldn't be in here and she should have been like what is all of this right but i guess she's trying to play it cool so that she can get out of there alive yeah because um, the, her next step now is like you mentioned she is going to take an ultra she took an ultrasound from the clinic she was able to swipe that yeah. and, and she's she, going to compare it yeah and so basically she's going to call her doctor dr parenti but the doctor, if you look in the background, is, is dissecting in, an alien. Is baby. in the exact same room that she was basically just yeah. in. Yeah, and so he asks, she asks him to compare her ultrasound, ultrasound to the ultra scan, uh, ultra scan, ultrasound scan with the one that she got earlier, but. Um, we know that that's not going to go well. Right. First, we get a little bit of a flashback. In oh yeah, another here. flashback. This is basically where. 
Scully gets told by Dr. Parenti that, that her ova can be used. Yes, and that she does have a sperm donor in mind. Yeah, he basically says, oh, and I can, you know, find you a sperm donor. And she's like, no, I think I know somebody. Yeah, and my kid's going to love basketball. <laughs> And, <laughs> and baseball. Yeah, exactly. In, in select episodes. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, meanwhile, Doggett is just really, like a dog proper, is really just sniffing around Scully this entire time. Well, right? she's acting super weird. And like, that's the thing as well. Like She's I supposed do, to be his partner. And I do agree with you that, like, this, there are certain things that have propriety to it, also based on the timeline of things, but, like... Like you said, the way... The last time we saw them was episode five. What episode is this? 13. That's a lot of time that's gone by. Like, she should be a little bit more warm to him at this point. But I guess for her, it's super private. She doesn't know what happened. She doesn't know how she got pregnant. But but the thing is also, like, it's not that he is being... No, he's not... Overtly suspicious. Like, he's very much being like, I want to help you. He's being extremely nice. Like, (laughs) Um, it's low-key, like, a really good guy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's annoying because he's not Mulder in the sense of the show from an overarching perspective but like as a character he's fine and he's also doing a good job yeah (laughs) so meanwhile you know this is when it gets revealed right that duffy had sent some very threatening letters to Mulder, and they're like well that's interesting we actually never found any evidence that you and your wife were married he's like i don't don't need to hear this i'm getting out of here but as soon as those elevator doors close he gets on the phone Mm -hmm. duffy is an inside man He's in on it. Yeah, he's he, in, he's so in he cahoots. sends a call to the first doctor who found her in the storeroom, warning them that they're being investigated. Um, and then we get the flashback about Scully asking Mulder to be her sperm donor, which was a well, little bit of a weird. It's, it's interesting because the this scene off screen, he, yeah, she already had, and so this is him coming back with the answer. Yes, right? correct. So she asked him. And then he comes back with the answer and he says yes. Yeah, though he does the typical Mulder thing, right? Being like, I wasn't sure. I didn't want to come between us. But yeah. Yeah. And she's like, and he's like, oh, no, no, I'm saying yes. And then they like embrace and hug. And it's, it's, everything's a, it's a really happy. nice Jillian It's Anderson very episode. sweet. Yeah. It's uh, a very sweet scene, too. I, I enjoy. And that's why I'm saying I enjoy those these like sort of deleted scenes that we're seeing because it is adding color to what now is a relationship that we're not going to see much of moving forward. Yeah. Um, so sad tears in the present though, a woman, uh, this is Mary Hendershot. This is the Mary lady, H- same lady, uh, knocks at Scully's door and says like, basically come with me. If you want to live, our babies are in trouble. E- or Scully knocks at her door. No, I thought no. it was, I thought it was the other way around. Either way, they're going to be besties now, best, yeah. pregnant besties. And Scully meets with Doggett and Skinner at a diner in the middle of the night. Yeah, this is, I don't think this is, <laughs> I don't think this is any of the other ones no. that they've been to. It's just though. a diner in the middle of the night. And she basically is, a, yeah, it is the middle of the night because Doggett has that line, right? Like, oh, I'm so glad you woke me up for this. Yeah, because she basically says, I'm taking a leave of absence. Here is zero context. Bye. Yeah. And <laughs> Doggett's like, can I ask why? Like, nope. Nope. And Skinner's like, you need to tell him. Like, he's just like, you need to tell him. Yeah, <laughs> um, exactly. He doesn't tell her about the pregnancy, but she does sort of say to him, you know, I, I want to trust you. Like, I'm here for you. Yeah, she, she tells him, I wouldn't do anything. I'm not doing anything to put you in harm's way. Correct. And just, and just leave it at that. Yeah. And so she is going to take Mary to a research, an army research hospital with to, like this crack team of OBGYNs. Yeah. That she, you know, supposedly trusts and she's going to have labor induced for Mary because like she is at 40 weeks anyway. She should yeah. just have the baby because well, she walks in, though, being like she's going to give birth to something inhuman. So she's like making big yeah. suppositions right yeah. there at the top. Um, and then Scully also is going to ask to have an ultrasound performed so that she can find out like if 
um, it's her baby's messed up too. Meanwhile, Roar, Roar, or whatever his name is, uh, basically. <laughs> Noel Roar. I'm gonna just call him Roar. Call Noel. Call him Roar, Roar, Roar. Uh, basically tells Doggett, right, that like, oh, that's really weird. Uh, this guy Duffy's prints are actually from someone who died in 1970. Well, yeah. So at first he goes to Noel and he's like, I need this information on this guy. Like, I need it. And Noel's like, I, I can't do that right now. Like, I'm, I'm busy. I'm in the tub. He, yeah, I'm busy, but he's an old military partner and he finds that, like, he, he finally gets it from him that, um, basically he's like, I, we need to find out this, I, this guy's identity. Um, and he's gonna investigate it. Um, but, um, they find out that Duffy's a CIA agent. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he was wild. using basically like dummy prints almost. Yeah. And so he's shady and AF. So, and so this really sends Doggett like on the hunt in a way. He's like, oh shit, Scully's in trouble. Well, because he realizes like Scully thinks one thing is happening and something else is happening. Yeah. That's literally there. what he says when he approaches Skinner, right? Yeah. It's like he, she's being misled. And Skinner finally does reveal. He finally gives in. And at he least trusts re- him. He at least reveals where she is. Yeah. Because I think for him, he's since the beginning, been like you should tell Doggett. Like I yeah. trust Doggett. But um, at the hospital, Scully has this ultrasound done. Her scans appear normal. Yeah. Everything's chill. And so in this case, she has amniotic fluid. She has an amniocentesis, which is basically like it's a little early to be doing that. But she's like in a situation where she does sort of really worry about what's happening to her baby. So they're gonna do it. And in order to do that, you do have to be numbed. You do have to like mm, it's a okay. procedure. So that's why she has trouble later moving and getting up interesting but yeah so she's laying on the table she has the (laughs) ultrasound done and they do the amniocentesis they leave and (laughs) why are you laughing at me because not at you but she looks she looks down and she sees the vcr why is this so funny it's just a it's like something out of speed right that's the trick in speed is that they were playing the the security tape so she realized that she's been tricked and that somebody has been while she was getting her ultrasound done they were playing somebody else's (laughs) ultrasound so it looked like her baby but like it wasn't her baby so they've now left her there immobile she's like really worried so she goes and finds mary mary has already been induced for labor so she's having this baby as if right. they're sneaking but out. They're, but they're still able to yes. get her out. Somehow, like, I guess these OBGYNs, like, are not well, I don't know, don't watch things properly. Cause, like, it was in the middle of the night, though. So it was probably night staff. It's an army research hospital. This is not a hospital where it's there's labor and delivery. Yeah, but it room. still is army. So, like, you'd imagine there's at least a good amount of security guarding this Well, place. and there is. I mean, as soon as they're found missing, the security guards locate them. But by that time... Doggett um has he has Rora Rob pick him up. <laughs> has Noel. Um <laughs> and basically like they're uh found by them and a bunch of Marines and they're sent to rescue them. And they're like, we're, we come with us. We got you covered. Go, um, go, go. The issue happens though when Mary starts having labor and um Having labor. Having labor, going into labor, and Scully's like, We need to pull over, like she'll die if we don't deliver. And they're like, this baby. Oh, okay. And then as they take her in, as they like get in, they're get, not letting Scully near yeah, her. Yeah, as they get down to business, Scully tries to get a better look, but she gets stuck with a trank. Yeah. And, and all she can see is another little gray alien bleeding baby come out. Or so out. she thinks, but it's hard to say. Yeah. Um, because later in the episode, we, we basically like Scully's drugged and then she wakes up and Doggett is sitting there and he basically says Mary's baby was delivered and is normal. And she's like, no, the baby was switched. Yeah, exactly. And then she also says like, um, 
you know, something's not right because her, she talks about her, um, her video and he's like, no, like they said that they taped over an old video and that was your video, you know, like some bullshit about that. So, yeah, well, but we should also point out the big thing here is he reveals that he knows she's pregnant. Well, yeah, because she was put into the hospital yeah. and, you know, I think that there's gotta be some, at least some sort of like medical disclosure. Yeah. There. Yeah. So. Yeah. Scully now sort of comes clean here. She actually, and I don't think we had heard about this before, and I can't remember in the season's eight openers, that she felt like she had been impregnated to sort of, like, take her off of the X-Files so that she wouldn't look for Mulder, which I find super interesting. I think that that's, like, a new theory for her. I think that she... um the issue that she has is that throughout this episode, we've been given the hope that she was gotten pregnant through in vitro fertilization. So up until now, we've kind of thought like, Oh, this is just a weird thing that Mm -hmm. happened. But now it's like, okay, no, she was attempting to get pregnant. And then at the end of this episode, we find out that it didn't work. And Mulder tells her never to give up on a miracle. Yeah. Um, Like a, a cute head touching moment. Yeah, it is very cute. And I think also it leaves us, even more confused as to whether or not Scully is yeah. pregnant by a miracle or pregnant by Ooh. an alien or both or, alien you know, like, Jesus. um, but at least, you know, Dogga continues to be a good no, guy a in miracle this episode. in that, like she got pregnant by having sex with David Duchovny. That's a miracle. <laughs> um, but Doggett basically promises her, right? Like much like Skinner did at the end of season seven, no matter what, listen, I'm here to help find Mulder. I'm still going to do it, no matter what that might mean. So yeah. at least she has another dog in her corner who at least knows a bit more about what she's been going through. Yeah, and I do think that this um, was well-written for Scully, because I do yes. think... Um, it, and it also, uh, it's nice because it does reveal that the there is a possibility that Mulder is the father of Scully's child. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, up until this point, it was kind of like, we're we're not sure. Um, and now it's a very large possibility. Um, so I think it's a good episode. All right. Who are you spooking over these two episodes? I mean, look, the first one's <sighs> a real spooky one. I think it's Billy in the first one. Oh, interesting. For me, it's uh, Cal Jeps, whatever oh, his name see, is. Oh, see, he's like too far past Cal spooky. Jeppy. He's not spooky to me. He's a terrible human being. Sometimes that's the spookiest one people Sometimes, but in this one, I can't even put it on the Or same. maybe uh, honorable mention to Sharon Pearl mm-hmm. for her convulsions. Perhaps. Um, the second one... Probably the doctor, Liv. Mm, I think I gotta go with Duffy. Duffy, yeah, he's I gotta, pretty listen, good. I gotta give my shout-outs to Alien the, Babies 1, 2, and 3. To the Duffster. <laughs> so, we're gonna keep on this train. Uh, you know, these were a couple of, like... You know, mm-hmm. I would say that... I guess in in uh, in invocation Invi- is yeah. sort of like a monster of the week episode, even though it wasn't really. And that's really the only one that we're doing this season. Yeah, because in my opinion, it's most important for us to talk about the arc overall because this is like there's only so many episodes we want to cover yeah, in season eight. Like, listen, <laughs> I, I understand uh, people. You know, there might be some out there it's, that you like. There, it's seasons eight and nine of the X Files. Mm-hmm. I am okay personally if we're a bit slimmer. Uh, yeah. on the coverage, not necessarily spending a month and a half of it so that being said all the episodes that we're doing for the rest of the season are going to be arc episodes Mm -hmm. and it starts with the two episodes that follow the one we just spoke about we are doing episodes 14 and 15 this is not happening and dead alive we should mention that we are skipping an arc episode called the gift okay um which is an episode where doggett comes across a former um 
case about a soul eating demon that Mulder kept secret from Scully. Oh, Jesus. And he basically the entire episode is like convinced that this is going to help him find Mulder and understand his abduction. And it doesn't. So, okay. So basically TLDR, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They don't, they nothing. Yeah. Um, we are skipping also a episode titled Medusa, which is, um, basically about a, um, the tunnels of the Boston subway system, um, which is fun. Okay, um, interesting. But yeah, then infrastructure. Uh, yeah, no, but like, there's a lot of like, um, like, uh, monster in the sewer type vibes there. Oh, okay. But anyway, we're going to talk about this is happening, or this, this is, is not happening right. with the introduction of Monica Reyes. Oh, Agent. yeah, you, you talked about her. Yes, and Dead Alive, which is. And so um, she is sort of one. like the, another pseudo lead who's added in these last two seasons. Yes. Interesting. In fact, it's just her and Doggett in season nine. Oh, and, this and is Scully the one. is, uh, Scully's teaching at the, 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 uh, at uh, Quantico. At Quantico. So interesting that they're going to introduce her in literally the middle of season eight. Well, she becomes a main character though. She's like very much involved in Scully's pregnancy, and like she becomes a friend, and like there's some suspicions, and there's not. You know, it's all very fun. Okay, so ha- excited to meet Monica Reyes. We're just meeting all these new faces here with the X Files season eight. Of course, if you have any thoughts about the X Files, write in xfilesatpostshowrecaps.com, bloomfilesatpostshowrecaps.com. You can tweet us at Ange Palagi, at a Mike Bloom type, or at Post Show Recaps. There is so much other stuff going on in Post Show Recaps, but perhaps, most pertinently, to those of you that want to listen to a little more of the blooms... And who doesn't? Gabbing about TV, I am super excited to announce that said gabbing has transitioned from sci-fi to fantasy. Angela and I are going to be covering... So season- sweet, sweet fantasy, baby. Yes, from that Old Navy commercial from three years ago <laughs> that still won't leave your head. Won't leave my head ever uh, in my so life. So we are covering season two of Netflix's The Witcher, uh, which is coming out December 17th. This week, we came out with a, a bit of a kickoff show, which is spoiler-free. A little taste. Yeah. For little pe- num, 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 num. For people who don't even, haven't even watched the show before, it really is just like a generic spoiler-free overview of what the show is, the world. Helps the ca- with the co- some context world building. Yeah, but we ha- we recommend you check out the show. Uh, season one is only eight episodes. It's on Netflix. You can do it. Next week, we're going to be doing a deep dive into season one and then also preview what season two will be. And then once season two starts on December 17th, we're going to be bringing you weekly episodic recaps with sections for both those that are watching one episode at a time and those that have already seen the entire season and are looking back upon it. So, I'm really excited about this. Uh, Angela is incredibly passionate about The Witcher, uh, and she got me into it. So I'm, well, currently incredibly passionate about The Witcher. Yeah, well, but I'm I go ex- through phases. But I'm excited to to get into this. This should be another really fun show to cover alongside like a big slate of fantasy stuff going on in Posher Recap. So if that's something that that interests you, and plenty of supernatural stuff going on with the monsters in The Witcher and magic and the like, be sure to check out our coverage and our kickoff show. So. That being said, we're going to be back next week covering episodes 14 and 15 of Season 8 of The X-Files. Special thanks to Corey B. for his theme song. We'll check back next week. Until then, case closed. Case closed.